Hi everyone, in today's episode of the podcast from uh, Research to Reality, I have extreme pleasure to host Liz Joyce, HPE's Chief Information Security Officer. Welcome Liz. Hi, thanks. Great to be here. Liz, can you describe to us what is the role of Chief Information Security Officer? Sure, happy to. Uh, so really the job of myself and my team um, is really to secure HPE, so to protect the company from cyber attacks. Mm -hmm. uh, we're lucky. We have a great global team of cyber professionals who 24-7 are on the job protecting this company. And you and I just chatted that the landscape of threats is changing. How is it today compared to the past? Oh, it's changed so much since I started. Um, I think it's all around scale and speed and sophistication. So, I mean, if you think about it, when I started in the industry, um, there was maybe one data breach you would hear about in a year, mm -hmm. and maybe not even that. And these days, you, t you hear about them weekly or daily. The scale is completely different. Again, when I started, maybe it was a few hundred records, 10,000 records, that was huge. We're talking millions of records every time now, mm -hmm. tens of millions, sometimes 150 million records. And it's not even just um, individual companies, we're talking on a global scale these days. And besides the scale, what is the largest threat to HP as an enterprise? I think it's the pace of change mm -hmm. that goes on. So technology itself has changed a lot. We've gone from monolithic data centers to now the world of IoT and we're moving into AI. So the technology itself is changing, but also the speed of the threat changes. So vulnerabilities used to take months to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. They can turn around a, vu a vulnerability into a real threat, sometimes within days, hours, and even minutes these mm -hmm. days. So speed of response is absolutely critical. And now understanding that no one day is the same mm -hmm. because of all these change, uh, what is the typical day of a cyber analyst in your organization? Yeah, you're, you're right, no day is typical, uh, but really their job is to be extremely focused on monitoring the network and the infrastructure, looking for threats, um, seeing when alerts come about. Is that really a threat? We're talking about going from billions of events down to maybe thousands or hundreds of real security incidents, and then mm -hmm. figuring out what's going on exactly, how to best respond and contain that situation. And I have learned that uh, you have moved from being reactive to being proactive mm -hmm. with your teams, applying intelligence techniques. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, happy to. Uh, so we have done a significant transformation within the company. We previously were what you would think of as a, a um, legacy reactive SOC. So mm -hmm. you deploy tools and by definition you respond to an incident. So something has occurred and then you're acting on it. Mm -hmm. We have shifted to what's referred to as a fusion model. Fusion, the notion of it, came out of actually the public sector and post 9-11 mm -hmm where the idea was if you had taken all of the intelligence that was available and fused that together, maybe you would have seen things or understood things. And within the cyber world, fusion is about taking all of the intelligence data. So mm -hmm. knowing about who your adversary is, knowing how they work, understanding what are your core assets and how to protect them, and getting ahead of the threat. So understanding the risk and trying to remediate that before uh, you do that. Mm -hmm. And for us, it has made a significant change in how we perform. We are literally talking changes of 5x and 10x improvement in speed of response of what we Amazing. do. Amazing. Yeah. As you're implementing this new fusion approach, what kind of different skills are required from your people? Yeah, I, I think they um, go from being super specialist, which they, they do need to be, to suddenly having to broaden out their skills and talents. Mm -hmm. 
So the analyst, while yes, their job is to sit there and monitor for those threats, they need more tools in order to be able to react faster. So they have to work with um, DevOps, with our data scientists, mm -hmm. and really explain what the issues are and how we can find those critical, important pieces of information so we can act faster and see things faster, but also automation and orchestration in order to respond faster mm -hmm. to the threat. Um, they have to really learn about our adversaries. So threat intelligence itself is really mm -hmm. important. Understanding what the bad guys do and how they do it, what they're looking for, what their steps are in a process, mm -hmm. and looking for those clues to so proactively go and hunt for threats as opposed to sitting and waiting for it to happen to you. And as you discuss with customers yeah. your new fusion approach, what yeah. is their reaction? Do they love it? What, what do they say? They're extremely interested. So again, it was something that was public sector. There's very few, literally, you could count probably on one hand the number of private companies that, mm -hmm. that do this. And as we can tangibly see those results, extremely interested in what we've done and how we've done. We, we went through entire organizational change, process change, tooling change. Wow. We completely changed how we did things. Um, and it really paid off and has made a huge difference. So we're sharing that because um, ultimately everybody is fighting the same battle, yeah. right? So sharing that information and what we've learned and helping others to do the same, you know, that's a really important part of what we do. And big part of your fusion approach is AI. How is AI changing the landscape both for threats uh, and for uh, us and other enterprises? Yeah. So for us, uh, it's significantly helped, right? So building out a data science team, building out an ML platform, looking at AI, mm -hmm. so we could really enable our analysts and be far smarter and faster about what we could see and do. Mm -hmm. But you flip it around the other way, and the bad guys are not stupid. They're taking the exact yeah. same technology, and they're using it. So they are automating the attacks, even down to malware these days that will get on a system. It will um, look at the environment and decide what is the best way for them to compromise. Will they do a credential harvester? Will they use ransomware? You know, what will be their next step? And when you're using AI to make those decisions, they're moving fast and so do we. I think you partially already hinted, mm -hmm. but from your perspective, how does the future uh, cyber analyst look like? What are mm -hmm. his skills? What is he doing? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you need extremely well-trained professionals, but you also need a variety of characteristics. So classically, somebody who's in cybersecurity was very much a technology IT type professional mm -hmm. who did, had certain key skills. What we found is you need to broaden that skill set. You need a far more holistic approach. So everything from data analysis to pattern recognition mm -hmm. Um, so as you're looking and trying to find those anomalous behaviors, we've had to significantly broaden our pool of people that we look at, because there also is a shortage of cyber professionals. Yep. Um, and uh, so we, we really have had to think differently. It's very hard to find people. So um, most people in my, my role basically look to build. So we very much invest in um, bringing in early career, training them, providing a career path and to the point, rotating them around mm -hmm. all of the different types of um, disciplines that we have in cyber. So whether it's forensics or whether it is a cyber analyst, whether it's even risk and compliance, uh, whether it's ops and engineering that supports um, the cyber team and, and its mission, uh, you, you really need to diversify across all those things. And given the fact that everything is changing and mm -hmm. new technologies are introduced, yeah. do you think that new types of risks will be introduced, including AI itself? 
Yeah, I look every day and <laughs> there's always a new threat and that's part of what we have to keep up with. A AI is definitely mm -hmm. for somebody in, in my position. And as we were talking about earlier, it, it's it's a huge benefit. It's also a huge challenge. But as you look at even IoT, right, everybody's recognized IoT for a while, but really looking at how do you um, how do you deal with the proliferation? So there was that story last year, right, from in Las Vegas, the famous cyber story where there was a fish tank in a casino. Mm -hmm. And however, the thermostat was connected to the Internet. Yeah. And they broke in, came in through a thermostat in a fish tank to break into a casino and, yeah. and steal the list of their high rollers. If somebody told me like five years ago, you should be worried about the fish tank yeah. when you're dealing with things, I, I um, wouldn't have known what to say. <laughs> Let alone all other important cyber-physical systems that are everywhere around us. Yeah, when you just think about where the edge is these days, the amount of data out there, mm -hmm. um, the amount of intelligence in those, and how that could be leveraged, you, you have to think very broad when you look at the threat. So the next natural question is, if there's so much creativity, mm -hmm. how much is cybersecurity relying on research? Are you partnering with universities? with research organizations, Absolutely, labs. absolutely, yes. We actually do work with HPE Labs. So um, just recently we had our own very first HPE Cybersecurity Summit. Uh, HPE Labs was part of that, our product security team. So those who've created our Silicon Root of Trust, Aruba, mm -hmm. and everything that they do with, with ClearPass and securing the edge, that's incredibly important to us about how we can take advantage of the innovation and technology we have. But as I said, we also have very strong partnerships with universities globally mm -hmm. because we want to have that inflow of intelligence. Additionally, our team actually is also participating in some international research, which is specifically around the issue of information sharing. Mm -hmm. um, so threat intelligence and how can we do that, but preserve privacy, but be able to ensure that we are spreading that intel so that everybody has that visibility and that advantage to that threat information. I have no doubts that you're extremely well aligned with uh, HP strategy, mm -hmm. but what does it mean in your specific case? Yeah, I think that's something that's changed for cyber over the last few mm. years. A, a lot of times cyber was that thing in the corner. There were those people who you know, said no a lot. <laughs> um, but really, it's critical to be aligned to the corporate strategy. You need to understand what you are protecting. Mm. You need to understand how the business functions because that tells you the technology, the platforms, what the threat surface is. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to understand as a company makes a change and a pivot, it's critical that you get ahead of that. There's no point playing catch up with yep. the company strategy. And I think what's been very important for us here is you have to understand how the company works. We're lucky to have labs and all our R&D but you have to create a secure and safe environment that people can innovate and they're not limited. Mm -hmm. um, and so you really have to understand what you're protecting. You have been around on very important tasks. What was your toughest assignment that you have had? <laughs> um, it's a really good question. It's, uh, it's one of those things that you would think my answer would be a technical problem. Mm -hmm. But it actually wasn't. It was around um, a situation where not having the right people. People ultimately are the single greatest resource we yeah. have. And for me, it was a long time ago, a former company and walking into a situation where they just, they hadn't enough talent. Um, they were having a really hard time retaining the talent and making, literally it was making that shift of understanding what was the challenge what did we need to do? How could we make sure we had the right people to solve the problems? Because once you have the right people, mm -hmm. you can do pretty much anything. Um, that was the single 
hardest uh, assignment I ever had was trying to get from uh, a situation where you didn't have enough talent, you didn't have the right talent, changing a cultural mindset to be very positive and, and proactive. Right. Um, but like everything, it was a great learning experience. And in the end, it ended up being a wonderful team to work with. So, um, And that directly ties into my next question, yeah. which is exactly opposite. What is the most enjoyable part of your role? Oh, that's easy. Um, that's what I learn every day from my team. Um, so we, we have a lot of strategic you know, discussions and working with the business. I love sitting down with the team mm -hmm. and for them to go through and explain you know, what they've done, what they've seen. They teach me something new every single day. Yep. And, and it's that kind of constant learning. It, I think it's a part of the job, but I think you know, for somebody who does what you do and what I do, it's just really important that you love learning. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's somebody who's been in the job you know, 10, 20 years or whether it's one of our great new hires. I learn something from everyone every day. You got PhD in, uh, in UK and Ireland. Yes. Uh, can you tell us what motivated you to pursue the PhD and how is that helping your career nowadays? Yeah. I mean, I, I always loved technology. I was like the science math geek at school. Mm. Um, I also love mystery books and crime novels. <laughs> I used to read a lot of Alfred Hitchcock and stuff as a kid. That explains something. And that kind of, I've tagged together that those two things kind of came together in cyber. So I loved the academic challenge um, that you could have. Uh, but the whole mystery, fighting a bad guy, trying to figure it out, a puzzle, it's just like the two things married together in cyber. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the other thing was understanding, and while it might sound slightly corny, is that you're doing something really good. Like you are trying to help people. Um, and I think uh, a lot of folks in, in our job feel like it's a real vocation and it's part of why, frankly, I like working for this company is we're really trying to, you know, advance the way people live and work. And for us, part of that is about making sure they're protected and secure. So, so my last question is, there's very little uh, women in STEM overall. Mm -hmm. There's about 20% in cyberspace and about 20% as far as I know among top uh, 500 CISO. Yeah. So uh, how do you feel as, as uh, one of the few women and how are you helping to reverse this yeah. uh, situation? I'm sure it's, it's on top of your mind. It definitely I mean. is. <laughs> um, so I, I, lo I love the career I have and, and I've had and certainly have seen that change from, you know, um, when I started being the only woman in the room to now there's, there's more women. There's not enough. Um, and as you said, it's 20% it's roughly in the industry. Uh, I'm really happy to say my leadership team, 50% are female. And out Excellent. of our entire, um, thank you. <laughs> out of our entire organization, 37% are female. Now, while yes, we're happy with it, I will tell you, we're we're not going to get complacent about it because mm -hmm. until we are actually reflecting parity with what the population is, then we're not done. And and ultimately, a lot has changed. I think it's great that we have more role models. I've realized how mm -hmm. important that is. That people understand a, a this is a profession and a career. Uh, with lots of opportunity and something that they could do. And there's, as we talked about, all those different types of disciplines. Mm -hmm. um, we have in my team some extremely proactive um, team members who created um, our Women in Cybersecurity International group. Wow, nice. Yeah. And they have been fantastic. They have driven a lot of outreach to um, universities and schools just to educate folks on this is what the career is, but also how to protect yourself when you're online. So two sides of those things. They've made a, a really great impact. They've worked with a lot of um, our other ERGs within the company, um, but also externally with other groups. And then 
out of that and just, I think, some of the passion out of the team. We've done a lot of other things. Um, for example, we partnered with um, the Girl Scouts Nation's Capital. Mm. So they are the largest uh, Girl Scout Council, 60,000 Girl Scouts. And we created the curriculum to support a cybersecurity patch, which basically will teach young Girl Scouts how to protect themselves online and be cyber aware and cyber secure. Uh, and it's been really well received, so much so that a lot of other organizations internationally have been approaching us about what can we do. Because along with the curriculum, we knew we're educating kids, so we want to make mm -hmm. it fun. Um, and we believe in teaching about technology through technology. Mm -hmm. So we partnered with a professional games company. Nice. Um, and created a game that supported the curriculum. Mm -hmm. uh, and we targeted specifically ages 9 through 11 because um, most kids get their first device when they are 10, and most kids get their first social media account when they are 11. So we felt we'll start there, but we're actually expanding it out K through 12 um, to help educate and support the kids. Because the internet and being online, it's a wonderful, a wonderful thing, lots of information, but we also mm -hmm. know, you know kids need to learn how to be safe. Very smart with uh, targeting this segment. Yeah. Liz, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. It's great uh, being here. I hope everyone enjoyed as much as I have and, and learned as well. Thank you, Liz. Thank you.